Hello, I'm Zachariah. I'm Bridget. I'm Johnny. And I'm Adam. And, and I we have never, never seen, seen Godzilla Kong versus Kong. Kong. Oh, I said Adam's... Kong versus Kong. <laughs> <laughs> everybody to another episode of fine i'll watch it uh you heard all our names up top so i don't know that i'm going to go through the normal introductions uh but this is the podcast where we go and try to show somebody anybody a classic film that they absolutely should have seen uh this however is going to be a very special episode of fine i'll watch it uh, as we are all sitting here on the hot seat together uh, for the brand new 2021 godzilla versus kong welcome everybody how's it going Good. Going. Fabulous. So, Zach, I want to welcome you back. Uh, you've been here for the last couple of weeks as part of uh, March Monster Movie Madness Month, uh, though technically this episode will go out in April. Uh, but nevertheless, we're, we're bleeding over a little bit for a couple of days. We're recording this on the 31st, the release date of Godzilla vs. Kong. So uh, we're all we're all pretty excited. Uh, we'll spe- I'll speak on everyone's behalf there for this movie. Uh, we've covered uh, the entire history or the introductory history of these characters as we watch the original king kong from 1933 the original godzilla from 1954 and 1962's king kong versus godzilla now we're flipping the script we're going godzilla versus kong this is part of the new warner brothers legendary pictures monster movie universe Uh, so that's where i kind of want to start what is everybody's familiarity zach i'll I'll begin with you with the uh, the new monster universe that started in uh, 2014 with the reboot of godzilla so i just loved the reboot of godzilla i think uh i mentioned that in some of the other uh, podcast we've done I just thought that that's what I was craving from Godzilla from the beginning finally delivered on that first sound that you hear a uh, Godzilla's footsteps and then his roar in the opening of the original I'm like this is finally I got to see the Godzilla that's deserving of that type of audio and uh, so that was incredible I saw Kong Skull Island I don't remember it as well um, I don't think I was nearly as thrilled by Skull Island, even though I like Kong. Uh, he's my guy. But, uh, yeah, that's my background. Okay. So you enjoyed one but didn't enjoy the other, though. Don't really remember it too much. Yeah, I'm not going to go fully didn't enjoy, but didn't leave nearly as much of an impression. Yeah, clearly not a lasting memory if these, I think, three years later now, it's not really sticking out to you. Um, Bridget, what about you? What have you seen from the new monster movie universe? I have seen none of them. Ooh, a fresh perspective. A very fresh blank slate. I'm here for Godzilla versus Kong, Monkey versus Lizard. Let's go. That's (laughs) all I need. I don't think you'll have to know too much going in, uh, in terms of the, the cast of characters. I mean, the, a lot of the people that have been in these other movies are somewhat similar to ones from the original. Like, there was a Dr. Sarazawa in the rebooted Godzilla, uh, though very different from the, the one in the original, and kind of goes along a, 
a somewhat similar but different track as, as he appeared in those other movies. So we'll, we'll figure out maybe why you haven't seen any of these yet. Uh, but Johnny, I want to touch with you before we do that. What have you seen from the, the new monster movie universe? So I've seen all of them. I'm very much uh, in the same tune with Zach about the reboot. Very much a Godzilla that I've always wanted to see. As a kid, when the 98 one came out, that's kind of what I was hoping for. A little bit more of a maybe a scarier one. Maybe not as scarier as I thought it was going to be because it did scare me a little bit. <laughs> um, but this one, they found a very competent director to do this, which is Gareth Edwards, who came out with a small little uh, indie movie called Monsters, which he wrote, direct, he did this special effects for, I mean, just a man with many hats, and he did it very ground level, very minimal uh, shots of the monsters, but they were very effective because they were far and few in between, opposed to something like Godzilla King of Monsters, which is the sequel to the reboot, where I think a lot of the backlash that came from the first one is that Godzilla wasn't nearly as much in that picture. I appreciated it. It kind of had sort of like that Jaws feel to it, where, you know, you didn't really need to see him, you knew he was kind of it was a very ominous or atmospheric uh, movie that you knew that he was going to show up. And when he did, it was very visceral. It was very, you know, it wasn't always very big wide shots. It was very, you saw a hand or a foot or the teeth. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know if Zach mentioned earlier, there's a very excellent scene on a bridge that they do that is just a, a very Bravo, Bravo sequ- uh, sequence that is incredibly well shot um, and very terrifying, much in the respect of like, you know, when the T-Rex shows up in Jurassic Park, it just holy cow like you finally get like the full <laughs> scale of this uh, of this guy and and there's almost like no and i don't want to get too much in the details but I, I just love that scene is that there's almost no score during it it just all relies on the special effects of like the the bridge sort of moving and the people screaming and it's exactly what i wanted out of it so i was and i think king of monsters came after skull island if i'm correct i don't think it was uh before that yeah the release um, order goes against technically chronological order of the franchise uh, but yeah that did the uh, kong skull island did come out in between the two right right so and then skull island i believe is also takes place during like vietnam era or post-vietnam era so yeah it's the um, 70s. yeah so it has all that sort of you know war for technology there and i thought it was good it didn't follow the same formula where you know you don't see kong for long stretches of it like maybe peter jack peter jackson's kong mm-hmm. you see him like right away so I think there's two camps of people they're trying to cater to, and one is like that sort of, you know, the grown-up sort of want to see like bits and pieces of it, more atmospheric, um, a little more scarier. Some people just want action, and they want like, you know, the sort of monster kaiju action, you know, uh, them fighting like constantly throughout the movie. And you got some of that. I mean, obviously, I don't think Kong he, I don't know, he beat up a few creatures on the island. I don't think there was an adversary in that movie, particularly to his size. But enjoyed elements of that, enjoyed some of the comedic elements of it. I, once you get in tune to that, with like John C. Riley and some other, you sort of get on board with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love him. Love him. Yeah, it, it was a great part to it. And there are sort of humorous parts in Godzilla too, the uh, the reboot. So, and then the King of Monsters, I've tried to watch this movie like a number of times, and I just have such a hard time finishing it because it's such a mess of a movie. And I don't, and I think maybe Adam, you saw it as well, or you, maybe you did some homework and, and saw this up. Uh, for this podcast and we can talk about it in a minute but it the plot is just all over the place it's throwing so much at the screen monsters show up like immediately which is cool but i again i'm i'm in the camp of like let's take our time with it let's sort of like reveal slow reveal them and like the title says king of monsters there's i think four or five of them and they're all really well-known monsters within the godzilla universe i think you have rodan you have uh, king Ghidorah or the three-headed monster and then mothra i think is the fourth 
So all really cool monsters, all ones that I love growing up and seeing in the the, the old ones, the show era movies where the you know, again the Muppets sort of you know <laughs> uh, a suitmation uh, if Zach said <laughs> earlier. Um, no more but... suitmation for me. I've had enough suitmation. Yeah, well, there's not going to be gonna any, any here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I had a hard time with that, even though the action was pretty cool in it. And so I, I'm not going to go into expectations right now, but I think we'll cover that. But I think I'll just uh, uh, toss the ball to you, Adam. What is sort of like your sort of background with some of these movies? Uh, so I think I mentioned it either during the Godzilla episode or during the Kong episode that I hadn't seen any of the newer Godzillas. Uh, when we were at the time of recording, but I have gone back and watched them since I like 2014. I'm not a huge Godzilla movie fan, obviously having only seen the handful of them that we've done for this, uh, but I liked it. I thought it was good. I thought the, the characterizations of the humans was a little wonky. Like I wasn't really digging Brian Cranston's I'm a crazy nut job scientist. Why won't any, anyone believe me as I'm pulling my hair out and screaming about monsters? I thought that was kind of like mm -hmm. a, it was a trope I didn't quite enjoy uh, too much. But I mean, it was, it was, it is prevalent in all the movies here. I mean, he is the John C. Riley in Skull Island. He is the, whoever it is in the the third one. And I guarantee we're going to find some sort of wackadoo in this, this one who's sort of freaking out about like, they're coming together. They're coming together. And everyone's like, shut up. They're not, they're, they're, they're silent, you know? So <laughs> it's um, climate change. Climate change or something, uh, who knows? But um, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I thought that was a good this point to make. No, 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 yeah, and I, that's you know that's prevalent in any kind of disaster movie, big monster movie. Like, there's always someone who isn't believed that turns out to be right the whole time. It's just something about his characterization of the. I don't like when they take them too far into the unbelievable crackpot nature of it, where they're like in that movie, he's just living inside of a shanty covered in newspaper clippings and everything with the string on the wall. Like right. it, it took it too far where I feel like if they had maybe reined it in a bit, it would have been a lot better for me. Uh, I really like Kong Skull Island. That's my favorite of the three. I just, I like that it was a different spin on Kong. It wasn't the same director goes to get movie comes back with big animal, big animal destroys New York. Like I liked that it took place entirely on the Island. Uh, I liked the the fact that it was like the military industrial complex of the 70s versus something that they've never had to fight before. You know, like an entity that isn't another army or insurrection or uh, different things like that. So I liked that kind of spin on it. I thought the cast was fantastic. Um, and I think they all did a really good job. And when when people get attacked and eaten and killed, like you feel it because they do a really good job conveying that both terror and just like sadness that their their comrades are gone. Like these guys fought in war together. They survived war together and now they're being decimated by this giant monkey. Um, so I really like that aspect of it. And the soundtrack's great because it's the <laughs> Vietnam era. Right. You know, uh, Freedoms in the helicopter. Yeah. So. <laughs> you make me want to see it again, Adam. It's good. I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it. I watched it again recently just to gear up for this. So it's, it's really fresh in my mind, uh, but I quite enjoy it. And I did, it took me, I, I did have to pause and do two sittings of Godzilla versus, or uh, <laughs> of King of Monsters, just because you're right, it is very disjointed. It is, again, crackpot scientists, but in this one, there's like, there's a bunch of double turns where the person you think is good is actually bad, but then they're good again, but then they might still be bad, and <laughs> are they redeemable? So I didn't really buy the whole, like, Vera Farmiga storyline of, I, I'm doing this 
I'm doing the right thing for the wrong reasons, but I didn't even think that the thing she was doing was the right thing. So it was just a, it was a weird convoluted mess to get Godzilla to fight these other monsters, which should be easy. It didn't need to be eco-terrorists and all these different things, though the the post-credit scene in that does tease more eco-terrorist action. Like it's the the grandfather from game of thrones whose name i can't remember the character or the actor um, right. but he plays like an, an eco-terrorist activist kind of person and he's going to be involved in this somehow i think unless they just drop that whole thread completely uh, <laughs> for the the big clash together so i'm i'm really excited for this because i think this is mostly just going to be these two behemoths just going toe to toe so i don't anticipate much in the way of the human drama element of it like i'm not even sure what actors are in this movie whereas when the last yeah whereas like when the last godzilla came out all of the trailers were uh millie bobby brown and beer for me it was all of those people to sell you on the names like this is selling you on the names of godzilla uh, and kong so I'm, right. I'm pretty excited for that um so bridget you mentioned that you hadn't seen any of these movies was there anything that stopped you from kind of going out and seeing these when they came out or was it just the monster movies aren't really your your cup of tea. I I guess so. I also I'm not a big I don't go to the movie theater as often as I probably should. Um certainly haven't been <laughs> at all in the past year, but I think it just didn't move me enough to say yes, I'll go. One monster wasn't enough. I needed to be guaranteed to. Okay. So uh-huh. now, now we're here. So what are you feeling about this going in with the, the cleanest of slates other than whatever little things we just mentioned? Um, I'm, I don't know. I, I could see it going either way. Like, I think I will enjoy this movie for being an action movie where Godzilla and King Kong fight. I am sort of tired of, studios doing like everything has to be marvel universe like universal has tried it with like the classic monsters um dc is doing it you know star wars is not has always sort of been this way but just like of expanding the universe you know what i mean At, Mm -hmm. at a certain point some you know creative universes that works well for and sometimes it feels like a cash grab and like when i see that when i feel it you know it just it takes me out of it it's my Mm. one like staunch unabomber ish like (laughs) no no i mean that does make sense every since the success since the first avengers everybody's been chasing that shared cinematic universe and the one thing i will say to hopefully ease your mind going into this is that there is at least precedent, as we've shown these last few weeks on the show, that Godzilla and King Kong are meant to come to blows. It's you know, they've true. done it. They've done it before. It makes sense to throw these two monsters together, uh, and they've done it in a way that I think. I mean, granted, we don't know how they'll get to it in this yet, but I think the building up to this makes sense because you know Godzilla has fought a bunch of monsters so far. Kong was kind of relegated in his one movie and stuck on the island. We'll see how they contrive getting them together here, but at least there wasn't, it didn't seem ham fisted in watching the other ones, even mm-hmm. though I knew 
since probably 2013, 2014, that this was always going to be the end result of the Godzilla reboot. So it, it never felt forced. So hopefully that won't come through on screen and will help you to uh, to enjoy this yeah. movie a bit more than if it was like, a, oh, I can see right through this. You just see you count, count checks and, yeah. and all that. So. Yeah. I was going to say, maybe you don't know the answer to this. One thing I think is interesting is like, this is a collaboration between an American production company and a Chinese, uh, Japanese production company, right? It's Toho. It has been for all four. Or I don't know if it has anything to do with Skull Island, but at least anything to do with Godzilla. Mm-hmm. It, it 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 is a Toho production. Yeah, it's probably like half. It's a half Warner Brothers, half Toho. Yeah. Okay. And Toho has been the one like all along. Like they're the ones who did the original one as well. Yeah. Hmm. Are they involved, or are they just like licensing the the name nope. of it? They're they're licensing it, yeah. They're okay. kind of saying like, go ahead, you can you can do what you want. Gotcha. Okay. I don't know if that changes anything. I just had a thought and spoke it. So. No, that's fine. <laughs> Moving <laughs> on. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's good to know that they're at least giving it a somewhat stamp of approval. Mm-hmm. Um, they could have probably pulled licensing if it wasn't like I guess it could have been written in stone. But if the last one was just like a dumpster fire, which it's. A little bit above that, I think. Uh, they could have yeah. been like, no, you don't get to make any more. Like, you're ruining our character. Like, we don't like what you're doing. Um, so at least there's some, you know, acknowledgement behind it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zach, how are you feeling going into tonight as someone who is 50-50 on the movies you have seen and seemed down given our uh, our descriptions of the one you haven't seen? <laughs> so, uh, Adam, what you were just saying before I answer that you were saying basically it gets the stamp of approval from well, the originators in some, in some regard if 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 toho has the lets them use the name and has naming rights I, granted it could have been something that they just signed a contract a bunch of years ago and who cares about the quality uh, they are distributing it in japan so like they're the japanese distributors of the movie but i mean i don't know how much input they have in the production of it or if they're just like yeah yeah, yeah go and then give us the print and we'll ship it around japan yeah i'm hoping everybody involved really cares so how do i feel going into it i am hopeful i really like the tone of the first godzilla as i said I like the tone of Kong too. It was pretty intense. This like this guy's scary. This guy's this is a serious situation. There's no jokes about this. And I'm hoping we stick with that tone for this one. I hope they're both really intimidating and everybody involved is like holy crap, this is serious. And that it's not just like uh action, you know, transformers battling each other in the city. I'm hoping like it's like real natural disaster like or like global threat you know mm-hmm. <laughs> i wanted to have a, a serious tone yeah you want heft and weight to it and not just the weight of them falling on buildings but exactly yeah yeah, yeah. what about you johnny what are kind of your expectations for this as, as someone who has seen all of the movies well i will say at the beginning of the month i kind of just like forecasted that like i didn't i didn't really know mo- i i know a, a lot about it just because i'm a big fan of godzilla so i know sort of been following it and but just seeing like the advertisements and stuff like that, I, I for one was kind of put off a little bit by the advertising because I believe one of the first trailers, it's it's serious in like the minute they start like fighting in the ad, it like jumps to like a rap song. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> so I'm like, I, 
I get where they're going because the original Godzilla, the, or excuse me, the 2014 one, I think they really wanted to go for a very serious tone and sort of avoid the sort of B-movie sort of tropes or traps that you find with that movie where it sort of becomes silly or farce or humorous or, you know, where it's just, it's, it's, even though Godzilla 2014 was fun just because I enjoy it, it's not supposed to come off as being fun. Mm -hmm. I think going into Skull Island, they sort of like let their foot off the brake or the gas, whatever one you kind of want to look at it. And kind of changing it to be more of like an adventurous sort of like thriller type of movie with some of that humor interjected into it. And I think slowly but surely they're starting to sort of accept the B movie that this friend, this, this, the type of uh, tone it's going for with King of Monsters. It very much sort of became that. Even though it tried to be serious, a lot there was a lot more humor in it. It was a lot more of like, just let them fight. You know what I mean? Like they, mm -hmm. they realized that like the human characters are so insignificant and so inconsequential to anything that's going on. Like they can't do anything about it. You know what I mean? They can't like point to, Hey, Godzilla, King Kong's over here. It's like Godzilla is going to go wherever the hell he wants. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's, they do so much on the ground. And, and I think, you know, them attempting to do something in the, in the 2014 one is admirable, but the whole franchise over like the whole, all the, years have been doing it all the human characters almost have zero to do with it was just a way just a plot point to get to the monsters so for me i've always go i know going into this the human characters the storylines i guarantee are going to be moot like they're going to be have absolutely almost absolutely nothing to do with it except for the fact that maybe we have a crackpot who will sort of tell us like oh okay this is what's happening that's why godzilla's doing this that's why king kong's doing that but i my expectations is that it's going to be there's going to be some a lot of fun fights in it but I think it's not going to be as serious as like the 2014 one. It's just going to be a, a lot of fun. And uh, I hope they don't spend too much time on the ground with the human characters and kind of just get to it because I think that's kind of what this movie is about. Yeah, I mean, you can't really call the movie Godzilla versus King Kong and make it about, you know, Millie Bobby Brown trying to get home to her parents for the second time. Like it's, it's yeah, not, it's yeah, it's, it's exactly. not anybody's here to see. So yeah, I'm in the same boat. Like I'm just, I want it to just be punching, kicking, building, destroying, atomic breath. You know, all kinds of different things. Yeah. Uh, I I hope that, that we don't get an eventual team up at the end of this. I don't I don't want this to be a Batman Superman kind of situation where okay, yeah, they fight for the first 45 minutes and then the second half of the movie is them teaming up against an even bigger, crazier thing. But it wouldn't completely shock me if that's the direction they wanted to go especially because these are the two leads of two different franchises. So much in the way I, there wasn't a real definitive winner uh, in last week's King Kong versus Godzilla. It was a little bit, a little bit amb ambiguous yeah, because <laughs> my guy seemed to have lost. I need to, I need to preface that it seems ambiguous. Uh, I don't know that there will be a clear cut winner though. I feel like they have said don't worry, there will be a winner. Like you will know who wins in in this. I don't believe them. So yeah, why would my, they say that? My just money to is get people that, hyped. Yeah, you my know? money is saying there's going to be another adversary in this movie. That's kind of I just know how the way these movies work, and I know how current movies work too, especially with something like the new Batman vs Superman. They fought for a bunch of it, and then other baddies came into the picture and they kind of sort of came together despite their differences. So I'm, I'm expecting something in here. I don't know who it's going to be. Um, I know there's some big name monsters within the Godzilla universe that are still le been left out of this universe. So mm -hmm. um, we could very much see that happen. I could be, you, we could be wrong. We could be, it could then be fighting or whatever. And there's some sort of 
maybe ambiguous end to it, but hey, I don't I, mind that idea. Uh, you know, like I was comparing these guys to, you know, Mike Tyson and Muhammad Ali, and I would love to see Joe Lewis enter the mix. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, for you, Zach, too. I think this is it maybe even taps into your love of sort of like you know the the flash and flair of you know uh, pro wrestling. You know what I mean? Very much you these WWF fights are and let's WWE just clarify. Fights. It's the the eighties and early nineties and mid nineties uh, wrestling and early two thousands and okay. mid two thousands. <laughs> the, the, the bad boy era. Yeah. Um, in but, the twenty twenties, you know. <laughs> but but the excitement was having maybe two people fight together and maybe something happens or whatever within the the the, the storyline and someone comes running out. You know, what I mean, the music cues and you're like, holy crap! And then someone else sort of comes. Steve Austin comes in or whoever. And, <laughs> becomes a completely different dynamic and a lot more interesting and memorable. So he's about to I, get pinned and someone comes in and breaks it up. Right. So I'm leaning towards something like that happening here. But... As long as they come running in with a giant oversized monster sized steel chair, I'm totally fine. Yeah. Yeah, Drop I, I'm to sure the table. Just, yeah. Just going to be a, a skyscraper <laughs> instead of a steel chair. No, I, I, I'm excited for this movie. I mean, I, I think, I think like junkie XL does the music in this, which I love all the stuff that he's done with like the newer Mad Max and other movies. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see the technical elements of it. I think it's going to look really good. The special effects are going to look really good, but again, hopefully they don't, they don't sit too long on the ground. So hopefully there's a lot of that happening or not a lot of that happening. Excuse me. Ultimately is if they do have to fight somebody else, as long as the fight is cool, I'm sure I'll be fine with it in the end. But anything anybody else wants to discuss before we actually go uh, log into our HBO Max accounts and, and give this one a watch? <laughs> I'm ready. I'm I'm stoked. I'm ready to ready to rock. Ready to rumble. Do it. Cool. All right then, folks. What do we have to say for ourselves? Let's get ready to. Ru- oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Fine. I'll, I'll watch, watch it. Watch it. All right, we are back. We have finished watching the brand spanking new 2021 Godzilla versus Kong. How is everybody doing? Ooh, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. How about you, Bridget? I'm I'm fine. <laughs> I'm Wildly fine. different ends of the uh, of the spectrum. It sounds yeah. like Johnny. What about you? Yeah, I'm sharing the same sentiment as Bridget. Okay. <laughs> How about you, Adam? Uh, I feel like I'm somewhere in the middle uh, okay. of the uh, Zach and Bridget Johnny track. I there was things to like, there was things I didn't I didn't jive with. So uh, let's let's kind of kick things off and get into it. Uh, how was everybody feeling at the uh, at the start of the movie? I thought that was a pretty interesting take, making Kong so relatable. It reminded me of Lady and the Tramp, where Tramp is like taking a shower and getting ready in his mangy little quarters where <laughs> oh he lives. Oh my goodness! It's like, it's like you like my references, Jaybo. <laughs> I don't okay. think that was come up on the fly. I think you wrote that down. No, I literally that one was just. He's um, googling movies where animals take showers while he was right, watching. Right, right, exactly. right. No, but I, I was a little bit 
taken aback by that, but I liked it. I was like, wow, you're making Kong super relatable, even lovable. I mean, he's like a household pet. Yeah. He was reminding me of of a puppy that's recently um, entered my life. So, (laughs) interesting start. Yeah. Is he like that in Skull Island at all? Or is he like very like traditional, menacing, all powerful? A little bit. You kind of get some of that. You know, he lives his life. He goes hunting. He goes, you know, not quite using a tree branch to like scratch his back or brush his teeth or anything like that. Um, (laughs) Like you you don't really get a sense of his day to day routine. Um, But you definitely get a sense that like he lives like he's not just a creature that shows up when needed, attacks when needed and Mm -hmm. screws away. Like you get the sense that he lives a life. Uh, and so that was an interesting kind of way to do it. I didn't, I was wondering how we would jump from the seventies to the nows. Uh, and I didn't pick biodome as the way in which we were going to introduce Kong. Talk about on this one. <laughs> but you uh, know what? One thing I do remember about Kong Skull Island is that his very first appearance is like a, whoa, intense moment, which I liked. In this movie, his very first appearance is, oh, look at him. Yeah. Look at him scratch his ass. (laughs) (laughs) I'm forgetting if it opened up with Kong or we got the credit sequence because I thought the intro credits were, like, amazing. The way they sort of – Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were really good. So I think it was right after we see Kong. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And then I liked like the lo- the uh, the title reveal and everything. That was that was really cool. And then that was over the top. That was really epic. I, yeah, it was really epic. Like almost like Supermanish. It was like 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 uh, Richard Donner sort of Supermanish uh, beginning. But even Godzilla's first uh, appearance was uh, was was pretty rad. Can you jog my memory? That's uh, him showing up in Florida in Pensacola to uh, to attack oh, the yes the cybernetics yes. facility. So two, you know, very opposed openings, like you said, one very tranquil for Kong, just kind of doing his own thing, living his life. And then one is super badass Godzilla, which was the opposite of everything that we had seen Godzilla kind of do in the previous, where he was the hero of the movie. This one, he very much starts out as the uh, as the antagonist. And is that not obvious, though? Godzilla, when he acts, he acts because of a threat, Mm -hmm. right? Isn't that his M.O.? So is it not suspicious that he's attacking this place? Nobody, so, nobody was the wiser to that. Come on. So for me though, like in the beginning, so I, the original movie Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, the way they introduce Mechagodzilla is that he's actually like he has the skin of Godzilla and he's like killing, torching cities, and people can't figure out why he's doing that. And then uh, his skin sheds from like an attack that he has with someone. And you realize that he's Mecha underneath. So that was the theory that I had going into it that like, oh, maybe this is just one of the robots they created. I figured like right off the bat, it would might be Mega Godzilla that we see in this. And I thought, oh, maybe it's like him in Godzilla's skin and he'll be revealed later on. And then the real Godzilla will show up at some point. So that was my theory when I first saw that. Wow, there's some background knowledge, huh? Yeah. <laughs> A little bit, yeah. Yeah, what did you guys think of the cybernetics lab? Did you read anything into that being not the... Godzilla aficionados that maybe Johnny is. They definitely read as like, oh, these are the bad guys, very clearly. (laughs) Um, But I did not have any sort of understanding or background on how they would be bad. Just they were sinister and all of their interactions with 
Bill from True Blood and just all that they're doing. And even there's a that fake commercial they do where it's like, I forget. I wish I had written it down. The wording is very sinister. Like, we'll be here and so will you. Like, it's very like, ooh. <laughs> Trust us. Yeah. yeah. Anytime you get a corporate hype package in a movie like this, it pretty much signals that they're going to be the bad guys. <laughs> yeah. Mm-mm. So, mm-mm. yeah. <laughs> if they're touting uh, their humanitarian work and then a guy with a goatee comes out like stroking it to talk about how he's going to yeah. do good for it, everything, it usually means the opposite. Very yeah, villainous. Very villainous. I also <laughs> just like uh, vaguely international, but just from somewhere we don't know where. We don't. We couldn't pinpoint what continent he was from necessarily. Um, He's exotic. Yeah, just a, a, <laughs> a vaguely foreign to every audience in this movie person. But I like. Yeah, so much of the beginning of this movie I've forgotten <laughs> already. <laughs> well, they kind I, of set it up as not being super important because like they give you the expo dump in the beginning before we even get the title sequence so like we can't let Kong go. If we let Kong yeah. go, he'll fight Godzilla. If you fight Go- Godzilla, who knows what will happen? And then it's like, okay, cool. So none of this matters. The whole yeah. movie is an expo dump. Let's let's get over this. <laughs> yeah. I will say overall, I found the Kong sequences more compelling. You know, the stuff sort of going on with Godzilla and the corporate intrigue and Millie Bobby Brown. Like Laborious that is a word I would choose. Yeah, yeah I, that could have just been excised. So you didn't need the three goofballs, but no. but you needed some of the human characters. It's funny, we got Adam's uh, crackpot. I wrote that really early. Yeah, I know. We, <laughs> we got Adam's crackpot yeah. right off oh the bat. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And of course, he's a like a you know conspiracy theorist podcaster. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Very meta in this situation. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't was, really. <laughs> that guy was an abomination. <laughs> I like that actor too, which is why I was kind of sad that I didn't really uh, get along with his character. Most of that stuff, I just kind of found it weird. Like, I didn't mind so much the like his podcast persona of the rambling, you know, crackpot. It yeah, was I don't when mind he... that. It was when he became the like bumbling employee, like, oh, I'm going to be here. And I couldn't tell at first if he was doing that to try to annoy the guy into leaving. But then he did that again when they were evacuating. And then he did it again when they got to like Hong Kong. So I, I realized that was just his personality. And I didn't like that. You didn't like his homemade sanitizer? I thought that bit was funny. But yeah. like that sequence... It felt like it went on way too long and it was probably only like five minutes. And then he kept going back to that like muttering kind of weird, uncomfortable, creepy kind of vibe. And I just didn't like it. <laughs> All of his stuff went on for Harsh. too long. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, they, they introduced the hollow earth thing pretty early and it's like. It's a bit I, of a stretch. I, it's a huge stretch and I hated like everything kind of going into it and I hated oh, no. like them. And, and I hated when they first started going into it, but when we were there, I was kind of like washed away with sort of like the mythology and the world building with it. And I was kind of like, this is kind, this is pretty cool, actually. But everything before that was so cringy to me. The idea that we're going into the earth and I was like, are we just going to like mine some sort of rock then leave? And, and no, it was shift. like this like world between worlds that I thought was pretty cool. I felt like 
I had, I'm like, oh, there must have been, they must have talked about Hollow Earth at some point in a previous movie. That's why this feels weird to me. Not really. <laughs> Not really. They like uh, half mention it once or twice in the last one. Um, mm-hmm. But like, it doesn't exist in the 2014 movie. I don't think it doesn't exist in Kong Skull Island. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't believe. And then the last time, like, there's just a couple like throwaway Bradley Whitford lines of just like Hollow Earth is real, you guys, and they're like, okay, Bradley Whitford, and then yep. this, it's just like, no, the whole thing's real. That guy's brother died. Uh, he didn't realize the gravity influx, and but we've got the ships and we've got the things, and Nobody we need even you to go in it. it. Bring that child. <laughs> Let's like, get everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I will say yeah. this movie. This movie did way more world building and mythology with building this universe than any of the other movies did like they did a little bit but this like threw a lot into it It just completely expands it it made sure that this franchise has longevity because i think if they were at the pace that they were it may have would have petered out after like the next few movies but i think the what they did was sort of opening up like that middle world and like all the you know the gods or the titans or whatever sort of originating from the spot that it, it opens up a, lo- a lot of doors really true total classic journey to the center of the earth comes to mind yeah, it's exa- I wrote that down, yeah. And then I really laughed at the heave. They kept saying heave throughout it, which was like <laughs> hollow earth aerial vehicle. I don't know what it was, but people kept getting corrected by it. Like, no, it's a heave. Yeah, like uh, it's not even a good acronym. Like, it doesn't mean anything. I don't... At least, no add, at least come up with a word for why at the end of it. It's called heavies or something like that. Like, that would have yeah. been better. Yeah. Yeah. I will say the one thing that I really don't like that I've sort of figured out right off the bat is they did a huge, huge jump in technology from the other movies, like astronomically. Yeah. With the sort of way, the way they track people, the the creatures, and the sort of the, the biodome that Kong is in. I mean, we're talking like 2014. That was set in the year that it, it, it was made, and it was very realistic. It was with the warfare and the tech and all the military stuff that we have then and still do now really we haven't made like too many leaps and bounds in the last you know seven years but it was staggering and a little bit shocking to see like it was almost like i don't know if you saw this the shitty sequel to independence day mm-hmm. it's like oh. all of a sudden like a decade a decade or 20 years later we're like flying to the moon and all this other stuff well that one at least made sense because they would have had the alien technology to like advance things like here there's no there's no reason why there would have been that astronomical jump. True, true. I I think well, even it's that like guy that we don't movie. know what country he's from. I guess but like <laughs> no, I'm not just being funny. No, but I mean you're right though like he's clearly the the big tech brain behind everything. They're clearly the giant evil you know, technology corporation that you have in all these kinds of disaster movies. So I guess it would be him behind that tech, but there's no like realistic reason as to how that jump would occur when the call, the tech in Skull Island is seventies tech, the tech in the 2014 is 2014 tech. I mean, they kind of jump a little bit in King of Monsters because they've got the, like the Orca thing that could tell them what to do or whatever. But, But you're right, Johnny, this is like a crazy leap in terms of what is physically possible with gravity inversion and all these different and all these different things (laughs) that you need to be explained (laughs) the new the pneumatic tubes i was into the tube the hyperloop yeah i was into the tubes too it got like real like like 2001 space odyssey for like one sequence and i'm like i'm digging this like when they're just and then they i actually i really enjoyed how they showed the ship going in between worlds where it was sort of like still stuck to its own goop or whatever and then like it popped off or whatever and kept on going (laughs) i don't it was just like a small detail but i thought that was a funny little way of showing how it it was almost like the last world was like not done with them yet and just popped them back out but uh it reminded me 
it reminded me of Michael Jordan getting to Looney Tunes World and Space Jam because I'm pretty <laughs> yeah, sure the exact yeah. same thing happens. Or Roger Rabbit getting into Toontown. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, spo- no spoilers. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> <laughs> so I totally agree with you guys. I liked the movie overall. I liked it a lot, actually. That is my biggest issue because I want the movie to be believable. That's the biggest issue I had with uh, Black Panther. A lot of the Avengers stuff, it's like the tech is just too over the top. Like, give me a break. I, w- I want this to be somewhat based in reality. Somewhat based in the- I know we're talking about a movie with giant monsters. You're also opening up a huge can of worms with, like, the biggest Marvel fan that I know right now. So, just, just, want- just a tick. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole quite yet. I want the physics to make sense. I want the, you know, it's set in modern times. Like you said, it should have been based on modern technology. We could have had a great movie with our modern technology. We didn't need that craziness. Right. But again, but other than that, I like it. Mecha Godzilla and all sorts of stuff. You sort of have to have technology around to sort of make that be sense. But yeah, I mean, Zach, to your point, I think there are, other, I can think of a, a handful off the top of my head that, are like considered like natural creatures of the earth and not sort of like manufactured, which are, you know, make up a a good chunk of Godzilla's adversaries. And I would have thought that maybe another one popped out, but my, my gut was telling me like going into this movie that like Mecha Godzilla is one of a lot of fans. And even me too, was one of my favorite ones to see in the movies, but I figured he was going to show up soon. It was going to be this movie or the next. Well, you're a Godzilla whisperer. So (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and I have a question yeah, for you. I don't know Godzilla doll. I, you know, just like the little girl. <laughs> Can you tell me the, or yeah, there should have been a, a little Godzilla doll. That would have been cool. Uh, and I want one of those King Kong dolls. Mm-hmm. But um, I wanted to ask Johnny, can you tell me of the origins of this creature whose dead brain they were using? Like it's a skeleton. How is the brain still functioning? But anyway, who is that character that's operating Mega Godzilla? It's King Ghidorah. It was like a th- it's a three headed monster. Hydra, Hydra, yeah. Um, the King Ghidorah was in the last one, mm-hmm. and if you saw in the sequence in the beginning, if you paid attention quickly, it kind of rifled off the the kills, the recent kills that Godzilla yeah. had. Um, and I do love that that <laughs> where they sort of like match them up and again, like it was some sort of like I'm watching like ESPN two or something like some sort of UFC <laughs> fight. I love that. I was ready to see some like stats pop out or something, but um, the tape. <laughs> <laughs> they should have done that. So yeah, King Ghidorah died in the last one. Rod- I guess Rodan died in the last one. He killed off a lot of like really good ones, which I imagine going to make some favorite, sort of. Right? What was that? Rodan's your favorite, isn't it? I, <laughs> I think for a stretch of time it was, but it's not like I mean Godzilla's my favorite, but Rodan was a was a fun one to watch because he came but, out of a fucking volcano. That's badass. That is badass. <laughs> it's like a phoenix. But I, they said, didn't they say that this guy was the original Titan? And that's yeah. why I wanted the backstory. Well, he was Titan, like Titan Zero, I think is what they call them in the last one. The last movie was really the backstory that they give you where he's like the very first Titan. He's the, you know, the, the biggest and the baddest and it can't be stopped. And the three heads communicate with one another. So even if you take one down, like it can grow back as long as the other two are still there. Uh, and that was actually the post-credit sequence of the last one was the uh, Tywin Lannister. I remembered his name in between. Uh, shows up and is like, is like, oh, okay, here's the skull. The skull is mine. And clearly he sold it off to this uh, Apex uh, cybernetics. 
Speaking of, I didn't see a, a sequence or a scene at the end of this one. No, no, nothing no. here. I skipped I, ahead and I thought I missed it, but I, yeah, I didn't see anything. No, I feel like the him him being in Middle Earth is kind of like the the stinger of like, see, everything's fine. What a nice, what a nice hand. Right, hand. right. Uh, but no, yeah, no bonus thing here, which I was kind of surprised about. I thought we might get that, given that this is most likely still a stepping stone to this larger universe. Uh, to your point, Johnny, about all the world building. Um, so I was surprised there wasn't a, a setup to it, because but there's clearly plenty more stories to be told. Right, and I think just because I don't, I was trying to think of what they would possibly do with the end of it with like a credit scene, but like usually you sort of introduce a character that's really well known, and I think we're getting off the edge of the pool really as far as you know what people are familiar with, like outside of really being a Godzilla fan. I mean, I don't know what inter- like character they would introduce or some sort of villain that they would introduce that would be like, oh man, I can't wait. It'd be like, oh, another monster. I mean, I might recognize it, but I think most people would be like, what, what is that, another one? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they'll probably create their own thing at this point, too. Right. All right, so let's let's get to, I mean, they they kind of explain Hollow Earth. They get Kong and get him out of the boat, uh, which is a, a terrible idea. Stop putting that monkey on a boat. It's only <laughs> going to go badly. It never goes well for anybody. Uh, but we get out in the water. We get that very first Godzilla versus Kong fight. What did you guys think about their first encounter? That was exciting. I did. That was probably one of my favorite fight sequences, being stuck underwater and the way the camera was sort of flipping around. You felt the disorientation, and I, I enjoyed that. He was jumping from boat to boat. I don't know. I just liked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a yeah, cool I, concept. It was really cool. So this is for me where I like I I really really loved this part of the movie. I loved this scene. It was it was extended. I mean, I it might have been like ten or fifteen minutes. It was really cool. I thought the effects were amazing. To what Bridget was saying, a lot of the a lot of cool camera moves with sort of giving you a POV of not only what the people in the jet, but like the POV of like you're sitting on like Kong's forearm flying into like Godzilla's head or like vice versa. Like I love that sort of like POV of them boxing, if you will. But yeah, like really cool camera moves. I thought the sound was really good completely throughout. I mean, yep. I thought the score accentuated a lot of good moments. Uh, other moments, it just felt like a very generic score. But other times, it really felt really cool and unique. I mean, I heard a little bit of uh, like Godzilla's old uh, theme in it a little bit. But yeah, that scene was a, a really big highlight for me. They did my guy dirty again. <laughs> He's at such a disadvantage. You got him chained up and underwater. Like, what is he, Houdini? usually you enter the ring and they're massaging your shoulders getting you ready for the fight instead they're like we're gonna chain you up and dunk you underwater so yeah kong was at such a disadvantage i mean and not godzilla this godzilla can swim right i like the i've always had a gripe with all those suitmation godzillas that uh, they're not built to actually function. This Godzilla can function. He's got a small head, which makes more sense. Anyway, the battle was really cool. Kong having to come up for air and, you know, the the whole um, physics of the situation. Like, how do you fight? But you need to be able to breathe. You need to get to the surface. Godzilla doesn't. All right. Yeah, there's yeah, like a nice that. sense of tension there with that fact because you're like, okay, is he going to make it up for air? Like, you know, he's not going to die or anything right there, but it is a sense of like, okay, but how is he going to escape this? Like, what's he going to do? Whatever it's going to take for him to escape and get to the surface so he can breathe is going to have to be pretty fantastic. So I like the use of the the depth charges really exploding things. And I love when he does come back up for air, he immediately like 
spits out all that water and finally yep. can like yeah, I was gonna say that. Yeah, I think that's the point. That's around the time that my favorite line in the movie happens, which is no one can keep the reins on Kong. <laughs> and that goes right back to what I was saying earlier, where I was saying you can't control these animals. And I'm like, well, there I go. I'm wrong again. <laughs> what this... kind of anesthesiologist are they using to put Kong out? <laughs> <laughs> Like, how do you know what amount you need? How do you not kill them? How do you actually put them out? I'm impressed. I don't know. I, I thought I thought even for the tech, the chains were a bit medieval for them. I was like, wait, they get, there's got to be something to be a little more humane and technologically advanced to keep this animal in one spot, which he broke out of. So maybe the chains were the last resort. Yeah, they're always drugging this poor guy. They're always chaining him up. They're carrying him around like a goofball with balloons. This time he's in a big net floating in the air. When, what's his name, Skarsgård was like, how is he with heights? I screamed out loud. I'm like, please bring the balloons back. And it's just fine that it was a helicopter. It was I thought fitting. he was going to go to space right there. I, but I it's did. Space. Yeah. I enjoyed that little. I assume it's a throwback, but maybe they just painted themselves into a corner and they're like, we have to go by helicopter now. I think it was I think it was more a reference to him climbing buildings in terms of the heights. Like that's how I kind of read it. But I oh, also that's so much that's a much better read. <laughs> but I too was hoping, hoping for the balloons because I wanted it. I wanted them mm-hmm. to just be like, No, we've got these special they're meant to float submarines that have stalled in the water and they'll they can lift a submarine clear out of the water. They can lift Kong. Here are these special military balloons. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. what I was thinking. Um, so what did you guys think of the revelation that Kong can speak? Because that was kind of right around this time, I think, just before the, the big boat battle. We find out that uh turns out Kong knows sign language. All those years of being monitored by Monarch on Skull Island has led him to learn the ability to speak. What did you guys think about that revelation? Congo. Right? <laughs> I thought you guys almost... know Congo? Oh, do you yeah, mean Coco? Coco, you mean? No, no, con- the movie Congo. Oh, they, the movie Congo. They go to oh. they go to the Congo, and there's these wild, crazy gorillas that are. We don't need to get too into it, but there's a gorilla that can <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for not getting into it. I I personally thought all, even though they were meant to be point, sweet and poignant, what have you. I thought those sequences were the most boring in the entire movie. Really? Every time I dreaded the girl coming out and talking to Kong, I'm like, this is going to be another 10, 15 minutes drawn out. I did not like but them at all. that's what makes him lovable. That's what makes you cheer for he him. He doesn't need that stuff. I, he just <laughs> needs to not kill as many people as Godzilla, and he's already in everyone's corner. Yeah, I mean, I kind of like it from the perspective of they have to kind of flip the script on him from the from Skull Island, where he is more menacing. He is you know, kill at all costs, except when the, like, the beautiful lady is around. Um, so I kind of get that they needed to humanize him a bit more based on the last thing that we saw him in. But I think there were too many of the those moments. But I did actually like here where they, they showed that he can talk because it did bring that humanity level to it, to where he could be the, like, the conduit to help stop Godzilla if he's on the warpath. Yeah. Imagine if he was, like, Planet of the Apes. No, <laughs> that would have been a step too far. If he was yeah. speaking, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have been down for that. But the sign language bit, given that he sees them communicate that way, and she, you know, uh, Rebecca Hall says later, like, "Yeah, I've been trying. You know, I've been trying to talk to him. 
this has been a thing we've been learning. So I thought that was, I did think that was kind of cool, but you're right. If the, there were too many moments that kind of slowed the film down and those are definitely some of those. So for me, Kong's most badass moment in the whole movie comes a little bit further down the line where I think you're going. Are you going to when we enter Middle Earth? I mean, you may as well. I mean, that's kind of what I have on my notes, yeah. too, where he goes yeah, down the and, next he, thing. He, and he sort of discovers his the, the throne and the axe and everything like that. That whole sequence is sick. Yeah, but yeah, when wait. he when he battles those those crazy things, those things are badass. Those first things that attack him. Oh, right. And they help him out to defeat the one that starts getting the best of him. He rips the head off and then just drinks the juices from within the head. That was so badass. What an animal. Nice touch. There's an even better Kong moment that happens before this, like at the sort of entrance to the cave. And you have the whole back and forth of, is he going to go? Is he going to find his family? Is that going to be his home? But then as soon as he starts running in the secret sequence of him swinging on the monkey bars in the cave, I just found delightful. <laughs> I just could watch him do that for two hours. It's like, of course there's monkey bars down there. <laughs> yeah, oh they set gosh. up all that scaffolding from there too. <laughs> and I did like how like the entrance to, to the hollow earth uh, was him falling from the monkey bars by accident and just happened to land right over the exact vortex. <laughs> Oh, yeah. to, to fall into it. Uh, I did think that was pretty funny. A lot of convenient moments and moves in this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that not the only place that that tube goes? It all goes to the center of the earth. Yeah, I know. I, th- I, I felt like there was nowhere for him to go but there. But maybe I missed something that he dropped directly over it. Well, he didn't take an exit or something? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. He missed his exit? <laughs> he went through one of Mario's warps. <laughs> I don't know, the the, uh, the diagram they kept showing where it was like the hologram version of how to get there, there was several like different tubes it looked like in and out. So I don't know if maybe he just took the most convenient one. Yeah, it was like uh, an anthill, yeah. Yeah, because he, like, he did fall. Like you see the scaffolding kind of break and he's clawing to like get out. So it wasn't a purposeful, I mm-hmm. mean, maybe it was subconscious because he sure. technically knows he has uh, homing pigeon uh, powers, I think. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah, because the whole reason that he's there is to theoretically show them, get them to whatever that entrance is. Like, well, no, they know the entrance because they just don't know where the power source is. Because, like, the other guy's brother died at the entrance. I think it was the entrance. And then they needed him because that whole time I was thinking, like, why do they need him? That other guy died here. They know where the door is. Uh, But I I think it's because they needed him in the inside to get to the. uh, Power, power source. source. Yeah, but and I thought the same thing the whole time. Everybody just I, fell for that. Like, take us to the most powerful thing ever known to man. Just take us there. And everyone's like, yeah, that's the right thing to do. That'll save the day. Yeah. <laughs> Bring the giant monkey. I don't know. Come on. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just, every new yeah. idea, every new idea someone character comes up with is, is, is more preposterous than the next. It just, it's, it's, I was like, this has got to be it. We land on this and we sort of ride this plateau of ridiculousness until the end. But no, they keep stacking the cards with these more crazy ideas. Yeah, bring the bring the ape to the middle of the earth. <laughs> oh, I yeah, not... it's, it's an improv team run amok on yes and. <laughs> Just like, woo! <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the 
Brian watched the whole thing, but That's by a, the time we testament. got to Antarctica, he was very confused, and he kept looking to me for answers. And I'm like, I I know as much as you do. <laughs> I'm not the right person to be watching this movie with you right now. But when he, as they're approaching the part of Hollow Earth where the throne room is, the center. And there's that moment where he has to jump up and cross gravity and he's just floating up like an angel. <laughs> Brian just goes, what am I watching right now? That part was super weird. Where like he threw the rock so he knew that he could also float. Yeah. It was bizarre. Yeah. I, I it was bizarre, but it was cool. I don't know how to explain yeah. it. It was like it had like a like it was like ethereal music going on and it felt very just it I don't know. It, it had an avatar feel to it. Like I couldn't totally bit. being on my couch. I wasn't fully tapped into the energy, but I know if I was in a theater with like a big like Dolby and like just like huge screen, we swept I would have been. I would have. I would have floated up to the top of the ceiling. Of the, the just, t- just pushing out the ceiling tiles. <laughs> hey, um, turning up the sound system was good advice, Johnny. Yeah, crank it if you got it, man. Yeah, this was a good one to do it for. I did like the sound. Yeah, I mean, they. I have watched obviously a lot of movies on my my system, and I can tell they like boosted certain things about this. The sound, the the sound mix on this for for HBO Max to sort of like give you the sort of feel. If you had the speaker, or at least the subwoofer in, in your house, you would feel that like it. They put a lot into the low end of this and made it yeah. sound like you're in a theater because they do. They don't take the same sound mix from a theater and put it to a Blu-ray or TV. It doesn't. It doesn't correlate. It doesn't doesn't jive whatsoever because you're completely different circumstances. But here, it felt like they were trying to emulate the theater. I thought they did a really good job with that. Nice. Yep. So Zach, you touched on it, I think, a little bit earlier. What did you guys think of the the final? Kong sits on his throne, gets his big axe, sees the whatever the carnage was that left the last people who were there. What did you guys think about that kind of reveal of the power source and, and all that? Was that Thor's hammer? <laughs> the new is the new one. Yeah. yeah, it's his axe. I did like that it was a spine of like a, a, a Godzilla, like an old Godzilla or something. I thought that was a cool little little mm-hmm. touch. Yeah. I, I I couldn't tell if the sort of the circle around his throne was all different weapons that were made up of the spine of a Godzilla, and like, it, but it seemed oh. like there was more of like a symbiotic sort of like feeling to the whole thing that like Kong and Godzilla have not only fought each other in recent uh, you know eons or whatever, but like that. They they coexist civilly sometimes, but other times not. Just the way they had the symbol like wrapped around the throne or whatever, it just seemed like more neutral than sort of like a you know a trophy case for Kong. Mm-hmm. And it was in the shape of Godzilla too, like you saw. Yeah, right. One yeah. end had the mouth, and the other end was clearly the tail. Yeah, I don't know what to make of that. Like, I want to know the history of what happened there. Maybe right. that'll be a, a future movie of a whole tribe of Kongs versus a whole. Tribe of Godzillas, but uh, which I would definitely watch that movie. But I definitely want to know the backstory of what happened there. Loud, (laughs) (laughs) Alien versus Predator. Yeah, it was a little Promethean to like Mm -hmm. come on the the old remains of like what happened here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. it had the Prometheus vibes to it. To part again, part of that world building is trying to show that there is a a deep, rich history here. Something that I'm sure they didn't show for no reason. This will be explored in some kind of comic or, you know, animated series or, or movie. Um, but that was that was cool. They showed all that stuff. 
So while we're doing the, the venture to Middle Earth, we're, we're bouncing back and forth, which is kind of my problem with a lot of this movie is how much we're bouncing back and forth between these different storylines. It didn't never felt cohesive enough for me. Uh, but mm-hmm. while we're doing that, we're getting the reveal of what is Mechagodzilla, including the goofiest way to name it ever of like, no, it's this famous name. Oh, <laughs> name I was really hoping for a more natural name drop, but it's that was horrific. No, it's the one you know from previous movies. <laughs> <laughs> the only good thing about that character, that character, I, I don't even know his name. The guy, the kid with the glasses throughout this entire thing with Millie Bobby Brown. The it's only cool enough. thing about that guy was the time that he drove up to pick her up and he was blasting breaking the law in that van. <laughs> that, was the, that was the only good part about that dude. Other than that, he could he could be completely cut out of the film. And who plays breaking the law that loud when you're a nervous guy? I, I don't know. I thought like, it was going to be yeah, like, we're, we're going to see some, like, what maybe my favorite character is being introduced right now. And it was like the complete opposite. Yeah, it really, it really flipped the script on you there. Really flipped the script on me. <laughs> A lot of twists and turns for me. They reverse gravity to you. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of characters, I, I really like the cast of this movie. A lot, lot of good people in it. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Uh, no, you the like cast the, you like good. the cast is good. The yeah. what they're given and what they're yeah. supposed to be doing is not so much. Yeah, I like the actors in it though. Yeah, they did what they could. It just they, if you it, if you even you start going back and looking at the other movies, I even think the people in the last one had a little bit more. Again, getting back to like not really caring so much about the human characters in these type of movies, but I mean at least they had a little bit more. That wasn't worth maybe like fast forwarding over next time I watch these movies, mm-hmm. but like even at like Kong Skull Island, like I I like that, but like they what I really liked about it is that the human characters and stuff like really had like interesting things to do and interesting th- things to say, and in the 2014 one, they're really played for like really serious real world type of people, and you do have you know the crackpot Brian Cranston, but beyond that. A lot of the storylines going in those movies, like, are at least interesting and sort of semi-entertaining while you're waiting for the, you know, the the monsters to show up. Here it was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, even the carryover from uh, King of Monsters in the relationship between Millie Bobby Brown and her dad, like, her dad is in this for thirty seconds and really didn't need to be there at all because he has no idea where she is during any of it. But yet at the end is searching for her like he knows that she's definitely there, even though he didn't hear her say that she was there before. And at no point was he like, wait, how the fuck are you in Hong Kong? Yeah, the only I left time you they, at home in Florida. The only time they cut to him was him ch- checking missed calls. That was it. Yeah. And, and voicemails or whatever. So like you could have leaned on that, you know, hey, we're all we've got now. Like your brother's gone. Your mom is gone. It's just us. Like we got to stick together. We could be on this adventure. You could have gotten rid of the crackpot podcaster and just had her be the crackpot podcaster and him like along for the ride. And you'd still have that same, you know, kind of through line of the story, but at least you probably care more because you know that there's a father daughter relationship there. And I feel like they just threw too many characters in. Yeah. I don't even yeah. think they needed that crackpot podcaster. I think Millie Bobby Brown could have carried that sort of fell into that role a little bit. They yeah, didn't true. need to add that. They didn't need to have this guy add credibility to her to her story at all. <laughs> oh, she was there. Like she saw what happened. She's at the forefront. Like people know who she is just by looking at her. You know, shows she shows up and she's like, "Oh, you're that that person's daughter. I know who you are." Like she easily just could have been the person who has all this firsthand knowledge. Right. But 
you know, they threw in the goofy friend, which like I like that actor too. I like him in other things, but they didn't he didn't need to be there. That's and, the thing I like all these actors. Yeah, it's just a shame that they weren't given the right <laughs> things to do. Because then it did get too jokey at times. I know that was something you were worried about going in, Johnny, is that it might be too jokey and not not kind of toe the the right line between the series yeah. and the I mean, over once the top. once I realized I got once I got on the wavelength of the movie and the tone that I was going for, I was like, okay, I'm going, to, I'm, I'll be fine with humor. But the humor didn't even work here. It wasn't even funny to me. I don't. Yeah. I, I maybe laughed at. One thing I don't even did I write it down. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, I don't even is, remember. I don't, it's it's a movie that's not at all concerned with the human element of you know what would happen if a giant radioactive lizard walked through your city, um, which is having not seen any of the previous films in this reboot series. It seems like at least some of them kind of touch on that. But even like as you're just like watching the scale of the destruction, it's so unconcerned with just how much is going on. Like you don't get the shots of people in a train car or, you know, a wo- like there's the scene when Kong drops the woman when it's not Fei Ray, And you're like, ooh, it's so unconcerned with the people aspect and the human characters are just propelling the plot forward enough so that you're seeing them fight in different places. And it's like weird. The movie feels like weird cutscenes between different rounds of smash brothers. Like first we're going <laughs> to fight at Hyrule castle and then we're going to be yeah. uh, at the Metroid. And then what, you know, and it's so true. It just, we're going to go to the Coliseum. Yeah. And, <laughs> There are cool things that you get to see and look at in the meantime. Like, I do really like the Ghidorah skull interface that I liked to look at. I thought it was a really cool concept. But, the yeah. Yeah, I, to what you were saying, Bridget, about like the the people. I mean, you have the hu- you have the actual main characters, the human characters, and the speaking parts, if you will. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it, they go, you're right. They completely throw away or ignore the sort of the terror. They do have obviously shots of people running in the streets or whatever, but they don't they don't sit on them. They're just very quick to sort of show that there's pandemonium and they move on. In in 2014, the the, the scenes linger, and you have just enough time to care about the little people in those moments, like. You know, and you have early, their perspective more. Yeah, like early on in 2014 Godzilla, there's, you know, Godzilla first shows up. Like there's a fl- – he causes basically a tsunami or a flood. So like the water goes into the ocean then comes back out and there's, you sort of follow a little girl. And you don't see her again for the rest of the movie. But for like those 10 or 15 minutes, you're following a, like these side characters. They don't really have any speaking parts, but you're sort of with them. And when he does attack, it's that more terrifying and visceral. And you do have like the train car getting attacked and, you know, you do have – you know True. what I was talking about earlier. You have a really awesome scene on uh, um, uh, the Golden Gate Bridge where there's like a school bus full of children, and Godzilla shows up, and you can't tell if he's destroying the bridge or he's protecting the people on the bridge, and it's very like visceral and ground level, and it's uh, those moments I really wish they showed a little bit more here, but mm-hmm. yeah, they really kind of just it's just the, the people are just pixels, you know what I mean? There's no soul to them. Mm-hmm. I agree with you on that point. We we are missing that, but it's hard because the scope just widens so much. 
Yeah, it becomes very global at this point. There are, you know, I think they move around a little bit in the 2014 one, but again, like I said, they spend a little bit more time with maybe just a side character. Like even like in the when we saw the first Godzilla, the 1954 one, just for a minute, you're hanging out with like this uh, this mother and her two kids, and she's talking about like we're going to see Daddy now or whatever. They didn't really have like any of those like sort of moments where you sort of felt a little bit of the terror or people like side people witnessing what's going on, like there's a giant uh, ape or whatever. There was never any of that sort of commentary of what people are sort of going with. It was always the main characters, and those people in this movie were boring a half an hour in. So it was just like I didn't. <laughs> well, there's no. St- it never felt like there were stakes. You knew who was gonna make it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie is really transparent. Of like, this person's gonna go. Like, the shitty daughter. Don't get attached. She's not gonna make it out of Hollow Earth. You know. <laughs> And same with the main character. So you never really feel like they're actually in danger. And that, I think, makes it harder to tap into. The one character that I felt like we might not see you at the end was the Crackpot podcaster. And that's just because of the little flask that he carries. But then it gets brought in at the end. So... Yeah, and that's something the other movies did too. Is there there were main characters in those other movies that did die, like mm-hmm. there you know you might have thought like oh these people will definitely make it out because you know they're the famous names they're the ones that people know of but like that wasn't the case like in all of the other movies somebody dies that you wouldn't necessarily think would have been on the chopping block and here to your point there are people that you know are going to make it and all of them do. I thought there was at least a couple instances where we might get a sacrifice moment, like when uh, Alexander Skarsgård says, you guys go get get far away from here. I thought that was a sacrifice moment. It didn't play like it would have been a big deal because I didn't know or care about his character at all. <laughs> um, so to that point, I guess it's fine that he didn't. It's true. But, it's true. <laughs> but at least then it would have been like, okay, there's some stakes to this world. These people we've been following could lose their lives, not – yeah, right. We're just we're biding time until they can narrowly escape the building falling on them or narrowly escape the boat flipping over and then flipping back over just in time for them to all get oxygen. So I think we're coming to the point where Godzilla rips a hole in the earth right to hollow earth, your convenient exit. Okay, really? Off ramp. <laughs> How does he drill like that? Oh my god. Focus yeah. atomic breath, I guess. He drills yes. to the center. And to get back to this atomic breath, now that you brought it up, that weapon is so overpowered. Um, it's a nuclear bomb. It's it's incredible. The range he has on it and the sustain is the most incredible part. Where is this power <laughs> coming from? Do you need a breath or something? Because he is like torching everything for like how long? He All just, he needs is the air that he breathes, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm wondering, where do you get the power to do this? I figure you need to recharge it, right? It seems like he charges it up and then does it. But after a while, it's like, holy crap, you could just hold that. <laughs> it's like Kenny G with the saxophone. Yeah, I will say I'm glad they definitely they showed how powerful that that is because my man Godzilla get his, his ass fucking handed to him like holy the entire movie, shit. dude. Yeah. Like he has his moments, but Kong is clearly like – the guy like in our corner like throughout like he's constantly like the guy he's obviously like the protagonist monster in this right from the beginning but 
they don't even like they have a little bit of a threat with Godzilla with the the ship fight and he kind of shows what he's got but gets pummeled like the whole city fight like Godzilla is not doing like anything what you mean against Mecha Godzilla no I... I'm not jumping that far Ed no the 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 main fight with Kong yeah, he does so wait, he drilled he drilled a hole, so we're out of the hole now. I'm not sure anything else really happened in between that, but oh, but he works um, King Kong, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, he gives he gives him a lot of the like the the claws to the chest, you know. He, yeah, yeah, he does. He wins there. Hard. He's got a clear TKO. He does. He does win, but like Kong is like really beating his fucking ass the entire time. <laughs> yeah, and that, yeah, that plays into the agility too. Like that's why he's able. Oh, yeah. Yep. Doing all On kinds land. of top rope wrestling moves for for Zach's for Zach's yeah. fans. Oh, and I I I did write that down, Johnny. That Godzilla took an ass whooping like nobody's business. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of the high flying wrestling, we had turnbuckle head smashes. Mm-hmm. Just taking the head and smash, and over here is smash. Oh, there's another building smash. Like Godzilla was taking an ass whooping. Yeah, I and and just talking about that fight, like it, it was another really high point for me because I just the one thing that I hate about the last one and then even some other movies, kind of like Pacific Rim or whatever, it just they're all sh- they're fighting in the shadows, like you can't see. There's a lot of smoke. This is True. probably the clearest fights I've seen in any of those mm-hmm. movies, like by far. Mm-hmm. And I really like the fact that they did that. And I they really did a really cool idea here because not only is it at night and maybe they would have they figured oh it's going to be hard for them to see just. Make sure every build, every other building is lit up with neon, and then we can see them. Yeah, which was a kind of like a genius idea, and it looked really cool. But you could clearly see the fight throughout a lot of wide shots. But again, a lot of those really cool shots where the camera's like riding the fist into one one of the, the one, like Godzilla's <laughs> face or King Kong's face. But a lot of really interesting camera angles and just really well conceived shots and the fight sequences. Yeah, I like the neon a lot. The only thing, the only part about the neon I don't like is it's really hard to tell. When one of them was bleeding or like, you know, busted open a little bit because it, you don't really get everything just kind of has that glow on it. So it's hard to tell the damage because you don't really it's hard to see if like there are cuts on Godzilla. The only cuts you can really see on Kong are the scrapes on his chest. Um, and so I think the neon kind of hid that a little bit. A I don't know bit. if that's just for, you know, to make it appealing for general audiences or what. I, I mean, he looked pretty beat rated, up. But... Once it came to the daytime in the morning, that morning fight with Mecha Godzilla, like mm-hmm. it looked like Kong was pretty shot. Like yeah. he looked like he got put to the fucking like a haymaker. Like I don't even know. <laughs> looked like he had a rough night. Yeah, a real rough night. Yeah, and that's what I kind of wanted to see during the fight is a little bit more of that. But the neon kind of does does hide it a little bit. But that whole sequence, you're right. The the lighting is great in it, so that way you can see what's going on. You know who's throwing who into a building it doesn't necessarily have that uh that transformers vibe that you were worried about that we talked about earlier yeah i mean it had a little bit of let's fight in the city and we're going to be falling into buildings and all that but it worked really well because i actually really enjoy the original transformers but i lose it once they start having the the huge battle like the whole final sequence is just a huge battle in the city and i'm like eh, i've lost interest now I don't lose it with these guys. I don't know. They they have us actually caring about these giant creatures. I know. Well, I was there's, worried. There's, <laughs> they're so established, though. I mean, the Transformers, I mean, they are established, I suppose. But, I mean, at least Kong and Godzilla are like, they have, like, you know, organs and, you know, a beating heart and everything. Yeah. The Transformers are just a bunch of trucks and cars and 
motorcycles yeah. and helicopters smashed together and it becomes a a mess of sort of pixelation on your screen like i don't even know what i'm watching right now here there's a clear definition of characters where they are where they're being thrown like adam said um there's a there's a clear sense of space in the city when you get emotion too that you wouldn't get with robots uh you know you can see their you know their eyes squinting when they're in pain and you can like see their facial expressions change as they're fighting um so you get that sense of urgency that sense of pain that sense of you know anger so that you don't necessarily get that uh, with robots, which I no think go- is the no googly eyes here. No googly uh, eyes. I did like no. the close up. I thought the eyes on Godzilla were very menacing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, though I didn't like the oh, you look really hurt and tired. Let's just scream at each other, and I'm gonna get off and leave now. Like it felt very much like Batman v Superman, where uh, Batman and Superman just both realize their mom's names are Martha and decide to stop fighting. Like that was the vibe that I got because he's like, <laughs> I've got you. You're down. I could kill you with atomic breath right now, but I don't want it because you growled at me the same way I growled at you. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually loved that scene. I wanted to say another thing that makes this stuff. They definitely can emote like you were saying, Adam. And I think just I usually don't love CGI. I much prefer practical effects, but obviously that would be we don't want to go back to summation. But the CGI in this was so good and so believable, and that's one of its greatest strengths. It's really good. It's kind of crazy how far we've gotten, how things look. But yeah. um, it's, it's, and, it was, and again, like here, they could have hit it. A lot of times, you know, the CGI is not that great or they know it isn't great. So they hide in the shadows or between haze and smoke of gunfire or missiles or whatever here. They, they're, they're not afraid to have these sort of close ups or wides or whatever. It just, all of it looks really, really well polished. True, true. I, and, and what you were saying about the, like, the close up on their faces looking real good. I mean, my gripe with both of them was, oh, your face is goofy. Why didn't you just copy nature? Like nature has intimidation and fierceness, and they've really succeeded on the, these character designs with the faces, with the bodies, with everything. I'm much happier with Godzilla's body functionality. Um, I was going to ask about the legs. <laughs> yeah, his, How do you feel about the legs in this I movie? Wrote, his legs are still massive. But they're not as ridiculous tree trunk. Like it's like two tree trunks shuffling through mm-hmm. the parking lot. It's not through like that. The lot. <laughs> he has a wider stance, which gives him better, you know, movement with them. And the legs are longer. So I like all that. But yeah, going back to the point I was making, I really like the close up of both their faces. I like that they roared at each other. I feel like Godzilla was saying, like, now back off because I can whoop your ass. You know, and Kong is like, it's almost like a truce, but they, but neither is willing to give up. But it's like, but I'm not going to kill you. <laughs> no, you yeah, I, I, I liked it too, Zach. I, I liked that. Like, it was sort of like, yeah, I can easily just absolutely destroy you and like rip your, your head off right now. But they both had like a mutual understanding like that could could happen. And Godzilla just kind of took his foot off and. I, I only know that they did that because there had to be this Mecha Godzilla showing up, so I know he was about to just kill him right there. But um, I thought it was a, a, a cool moment. It wasn't wasn't one of the worst moments in the movie for sure. And the roar, we had to hear Godzilla's roar. I just love that sustained roar. Yeah, it is great. And then Kong coming back. That was one of the most powerful moments in that uh, newest Godzilla movie that wasn't King of the Monsters. Yeah. When he does that sustained roar, that's just like whoa, a whoa oh, right. moment. Yeah. So, all right. So I, we we get to the part now that we've 
we've been waiting for since they kind of teased it and then introduced it. Uh, we get Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla. Now this is a an infamous clash, as Johnny has, has alluded to in the past. Uh, what did you guys think of the look of Mecha Godzilla? Were you surprised that he ripped away from his mental link and uh, you know set out with a mind of its own? What did you guys think about the unleashing of Mecha Godzilla in that battle with uh, regular Godzilla? I'm glad he he was on the loose. That was fun. That was a fun twist that I should have expected, but I didn't at the same time. So it was nice to be surprised <laughs> watching this movie. Um, the look of him, he just kind of looks like a transformer to me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, they tried and and the fact that they made Godzilla maybe a little more agile in this one or another one or the one before maybe I I before, even in the 2014 one he would just get like a, almost very lumbering or like tired and kind of just like moping like moping around and destroying things here and there shuffling uh, his tree trunks shuffling his tree trunks yep um, he actually like sprinted in this one he sprinted at Mega Godzilla yeah and that's something that I don't think he would have done in 2004 the 2014 one <laughs> but. Mega Godzilla almost matches the agility of this Godzilla or even more, which is in huge contrast to the old Mega Godzilla. You can just Google image it afterwards, but it's a very stiff looking robot that the coolest things that it does uh, in the old ones, it like it spins its head around and it could like twitch his arm and fire missiles out of it. And not only does it have uh, some sort of like atomic breath that matches uh, Godzilla, but it also shoots lasers out of its eyes. So there's a lot of like, this one obviously has a, some crazy weapons like missiles firing out of his shoulders or whatever. But the cool thing with all the old Mecha Godzilla is that he could just stand still and still like just fuck your day up. You know what I mean? Like he didn't have to like really move to do any of that. But yeah, here a lot more agile, a lot more cool. There was a really cool scene where he's sort of smashing, I think, Godzilla's face into numerous buildings. And it's like through like a, a conference room that we view it. <laughs> and then he smashes his face through the conference room. I thought that was a cool little scene. The sequence. turnbuckles. That was the yeah, it was like the turnbuckles. Yeah, exactly. But. Yeah, I, I suspected they were going to go a little more uh, <laughs> newer looking, kind of like the Transformers. So I wasn't really going to I knew I wasn't going to love the design, but he was a formidable phone nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So this moment was like this sequence had the one laugh out loud moment that I had during this movie, because, again, a lot of the. The moments meant to be played for comedy kind of just like, eh, okay, chuckle. Uh, but the the one I laughed the hardest about was when Mechagodzilla breaks free from his mental link and he roars and the roar is literally, duh, duh, duh. What? <laughs> uh, did you guys that, yeah. not catch that? No. I, I don't yeah. think I caught it either. Go back and rewind. I don't remember if it's the point that he breaks free or the point where he breaks out, but his roar is literally, I don't know if it's his roar or if he's roaring and the score has it, but it's this very mechanical, like part transformers, part, ter- like it just feels like machinery going dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, it like matched it. It was, it was, it was, uh, I think it was, it was a combination of the score and his like mechanic, but I think maybe leaning more towards the score doing it. But yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a, it was a funny sequence. It was, funny. it was so on the nose. I was just like, are you kidding? Like, I know we're here for goofy, you know, giant lizard versus monkey battle, but like, that's too, it's too much. It's too on the nose. <laughs> um, um, but I did like the look of Godzilla. I thought he was, I thought it was cool. I thought it was that nice blend of like, it still looks like Godzilla, like it's still got the spines, it's still got the same kind of arm length and snout, but it is like pure robot, uh, where it's, you know, there's not a lot of, there's a lot of gaps, like there's not a fully filled in kind of robot, it's very much just angular and 
and all that. I did like the red eyes, which called back to the earlier sequence where the crazy podcaster saw the eyes in the like, you know, in the explosion when Godzilla first attacks Apex. I thought that was a nice callback where they zoom in on it. And I just liked that fight. I really liked that. You know, I know Godzilla gets worked a lot in this movie, but Ooh. I really liked how Mechagodzilla just immediately had full use of every power available to him, every rocket, every rocket booster that had him, you know, doing little flies all over the, the city and just oh, completely his ass. I thought that was a lot of fun. Yeah, the the old the old Mechagodzilla did fly, but like it just landed very stiffly again and then just started screwing things up again for Godzilla's mm-hmm. life. But it did sort of like fly around in those old ones too. But here it was, it didn't really fly per se. It just sort of like ro- rocket itself off, like off the ground for like, you know, it boosted for like a mile into Godzilla. It boosted. Yeah. It boosted, boosted itself. baby. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was, I, I, again, I thought it was a cool design. I don't know, Zach, do you think it was cool? Well, was I actually wrote, I actually wrote down like, this is your design for like your super weapon. It, it looks like a, like an exact copy of Godzilla, you couldn't come up with something maybe more. I don't know. I don't... don't fix what's not broke. I don't know. I, I think they kind of just looked at Godzilla and said, "This thing is like a perfect machine. Like the way it like moves. Maybe they just kind of. I. It is silly. Maybe they could have added another arm or two, or you know, or whatever. A, a two or two or three tails. I don't know. You know what I mean? They could have anything to sort of like amp it up a little bit. But no, they went. Yeah, like it the needs same the same design as Godzilla, except it's just mechanical with a lot more toys. No, you know what? It was cool. I thought he was definitely a worthy. When I asked you about the backstory, what I had written down was, tell me more about this very worthy opponent. <laughs> because <laughs> because it, that was as, like, that's what you want. When you, when you introduce a new villain that late in a movie, you want it to be like a holy crap moment. Yeah. It's not like WWF where they introduce a new villain or whatever, and they just go to like the parking lot and they're beating the crap out of each other with trash can lids or something. <laughs> like that's the backstory you get. Uh, and then so obviously Kong wakes up with his his giant migraine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah clearly. <laughs> uh, and then they they finish the fight. What did you think about the team up aspect of it? Did you like their their combo moves? What did you guys think about the uh, the ultimate final battle? They made quick work of them, but I was disappointed no giant table. <laughs> they could have gone through a bridge. I, I could see that happening at least. <laughs> but I, I thought it was the weakest of the fights out of the all, all of them. I mean, I think that I think the first one is the best. The second one is next in line, and then this one. I mean, it it looked it looked it sounded and uh, just as good as ever the other fights. But I just like the sort of choreography of the the, the fights here or the last two than this one. It was just so quick. Like, but when they teamed up, it was a clear advantage, and they made quick work of them. I thought it was cool that Godzilla, even though, like, I, I can't overstate how badly he got worked, Godzilla. <laughs> but he's like on the ground, and he contributed till the last moment with his uh, atomic breath. He like charged up the axe. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. I don't know if it was so much in this fight, but I think in the second fight, I loved how creative Kong was with finding weapons around the city. Like, <laughs> there were times where he would just sort of wait, like, they fought, and they sort of separated for a minute, and then the camera would pan, and, like, you didn't even see Kong do it, but he grabbed, like, a crane up a building, and he had his hand <laughs> ready to fuck yep. him up. And I'm like, this guy is so inventive and creative at just, like, grabbing things for weapons. Because he's nice. smart enough to know that he's, you know, easily maybe the, the quickest and the most nimble, but he's not the most powerful, and he needs... 
uh, supplemental materials throughout Kong Kong to uh, to kill Godzilla. He's so got I an enjoy- opposable thumb, you know. He's got to use it. <laughs> That's true. Very helpful. My favorite of those was when he grabbed one of the fighter jets out of the air and threw it like a ninja star. <laughs> oh, that was great. That, yeah. that was my favorite of the, let me just find random too. weapons. Oh, yeah. And I mean, the guy made it out safely. He parachuted out, which I still yeah. expected him to get smacked by Godzilla's tail or something out of the air. Yeah. Like, like is typical in these. But I did like that <laughs> ninja throwing star. <laughs> that would have been something like baseball. Yeah, I mean, he was he was slinging around one of those dragons on the inner world like a Louisville slugger earlier, like hitting the other one. That was cool. That I was love cool. his use of weapons. Oh, they're so good. It's like a bar fight with him, like every time. He's <laughs> <laughs> Godzilla. Just grabbing a pint glass to smash over his head. Yeah, it smashes the bottle. I don't know if this was intentional, but when I was watching the, the part in the city where Godzilla is fighting Kong, and Kong takes the butt end of the axe and shoves it in Godzilla's yes! mouth. So 100% very reminiscent. reference. Yeah, very reference. reminiscent That's to what that, I thought too. Uh, that tree fight from the uh, from the original. I did think that was quite fun. And the perfect way to stop him from using that atomic breath is just to jam something down his throat. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite moments of Kong is when that jackass character, the daughter of the uh, that tech guru guy mm-hmm. they're flying in that crazy little contraption that's heave it's a heave, heave. Yes, Call it a heave. <laughs> <laughs> the heaves which is part of what i didn't like about the movie the over the top tech but she's like shoot him get him out of the way and like he they, they shoot him and he grabs it and like you see his eye is such such good cgi to show his eye and the way the pupil dilates you know to get a look at them and he's like are you serious you gonna fuck with me yeah. And just just <laughs> squeezes the thing with his fist and crushes it. And then he just drops it like like a hot potato. He's like, <laughs> dumps it on the ground. That was pretty cool. Didn't even care. Yeah. So overall, what are, what are we thinking here? It seems like there's some things to like in the fights and some things to not like in the humans and how they re- react. But I want to kind of go around and get everybody's final thoughts here. So, Zach, what is your ultimate opinion here on uh, on Godzilla versus Kong? The -the over-the-top tech is a bother to me, but that's my biggest gripe, and I just really enjoy the movie because the sound is excellent. The CGI is just incredible. The visuals are incredible. The story is passable, aside from the -the over-the-top tech. The story's good, and I like the actors in it, so I give the movie a thumbs up. Bridget? I wish I liked this movie more than I did. There were parts of it that I did really enjoy, but it wasn't sustainable and I can't totally pin down. Like we've talked about some of the things, but you know, I just couldn't, I never got on the movie's wavelength, which makes me sad, but I would be open to seeing it again in a theater Mm. with friends. Mm -hmm. And I think that would, that would change the dynamic for me. Johnny, what about you? Yeah. I, the, all the great sequences, the fight sequences, the sound design, everything was a huge, huge plus for me. I just wish the things around them were a little bit more passable for me than what Zach is saying. So, I mean, as far as where like this one sits, I still think this one probably be- this one definitely beats the King of Monsters. It might be even with me on on Skull Island, just because I think the the CGI and the sound and everything is better than Skull Island, which Skull Island looks really good and sounds really good. But it's probably sitting around where that is. I really thought the 2014 one was just better overall just because I enjoyed the way they sort of showcased Godzilla 
showing bits of him and the way they did it. Again, they can't do it here now because he's so introduced in the universe. It's like it's they don't need to do that anymore, and especially with Kong too. So they sort of have to just get right to it with these wide shots and everything. But I really sort of miss the sort of real terror and awe of seeing Godzilla. Because I think a lot of the yeah. awe in this movie is gone in this. The only thing that's like awe about it is like the special effects and like how cool it looks, but really like the sort of like how massive and big and powerful these these creatures are wasn't really conveyed very well because again you're just they do so much to sort of show just the two of them together and not so much against the backdrop of people in terror because they're there again i i enjoyed it but i mean if it's like if it's out of four it's a two you know what i mean if i had to say but i kind of wish i saw in theaters probably would have maybe walked out a little higher on it and probably settled about where i am right now but yeah i i, I think it's i think it's okay yeah, I think the seeing in the theater would have really benefited, especially the big the big moments. The I think the journey to Middle Earth moment would have been really cool uh, to see that on a big screen, to see that in you know in something like IMAX. All of the fights would have obviously benefited from it. Um, so I think that would really change my opinion of the movie. I overall think that it's fine. I I liked all of the fights. Like I liked what I came here to see, which was Godzilla versus Kong. It never veered into that. It's so bad. It's funny. Like it wasn't campy like uh, King Kong versus Godzilla was. So it was it was a different tone there. But I did like all the battles. Uh, I liked the the lore of the Hollow Earth stuff. Once we actually like went about getting there, you know, I, I thought those sequences looked really cool. I loved the you know the mountain peaks touching and upside down you know worlds and things like that. So I enjoyed that part of it. But I just didn't. I just didn't gel with the the whole corporate espionage podcaster bit. Like I just, it wasn't fun. It seemed all of the interactions seemed really forced, uh, and it just didn't. It took me out of it. How often we kind of jumped back and forth between them. But overall, I would watch this again, knowing full well what what I'm in for, uh, yeah. and be able to enjoy it for the parts that I that I do like. Uh, and I definitely think that the cast elevates this to where I think it's a passable, okay movie. I think it's above King of Monsters for me in terms of where this ranks in all of them. I think 2014 Godzilla and Kong Skull Island are like neck and neck for me in terms of which one is the best. I think just because I've seen Kong more times and saw it first. But this one definitely I think is better than the last one. So that's good. And I am kind of intrigued to see where it goes from here. If they do some kind of crazy hollow earth set, like no people, no nothing. Like now that Kong can sign, you know, he could be your your entry point to the lore. He could talk to other animals. Like he can, there could be other Kongs down there that he discovers and he can talk to them. So maybe we won't need that human character element going forward, but I'm intrigued to see what they do with this universe. It's a Pandora's box. Mm. Like they've opened yeah. a lot of doors here. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. So I now know where this franchise is going. So I'm kind of like kind of set into knowing what to expect. And like you said, Adam, I think um, now knowing what to expect in this movie with the sort of the filler, if you will, between the fights, I think I might enjoy it better or not sort of be upset that maybe I have to watch all of them again for like maybe like a, the next one that comes out. I won't be like, Oh, I got to watch this one. Like I won't really mind it. Cause I know it's like the, the good parts are like that good. So it's, mm -hmm. it's again, like I said, middle of the road for me, but I think I might, it might bode well with uh future screenings. I was just gonna say real quick. And this, yeah, obviously the last, the song at the end is, is money. Lovely. Uh, song. The Hollies, <laughs> yeah. this Holly song yeah. is excellent. 
and I and, and just real quick, I was surprised to to see like the even in the beginning we sort of opened up with a song. I forget which one it was, and there was another one where Kong is like on the boat. Uh, I I don't remember the song, but yeah, it's on like as you track across the ship, and then yeah, you see there's this song. So there's like the there's water. like three songs in like the soundtrack, if you will, with this. But um, obviously, the highlight out of the three was that last one. I really enjoyed the way that ended. I agree with you, Johnny, that. I did miss the terror of the uh, 2014 Godzilla. Is that what it is? Yeah. 2014. Mm-hmm. I missed that, but you have to realize going into it that two giant monsters fighting, it's going to be more about the spectacle of that, you know? It's going to be hard to also accomplish the... Yeah. Um, and so I expected it not to be able to accomplish any of the terror, and uh, it still had enough of those elements to please me. So, yeah, I wasn't so much maybe expecting it. It would have been nice to see in it because I know where the franchise is headed after the last uh, two installments. So I know we're pretty far away from the tone of the first one. But it would have been nice to just have a couple of those shots to sort of like, I mean, even that the first that credit sequence is such is so close to how the 2014 uh, sequence looks like as far as tone. But yeah, I mean, we're definitely you know far away from the, the tone of the first one, so I wasn't expecting so much a lot of that. It would have been for, nice. I agree. It, like, it would have been nice. But yeah, you, you are right. I mean, you are right. You're you're going into a movie called Godzilla vs Kong. I mean, it's and and I will say on that front, it does deliver on its title. So I mean, that's a. It did its job. I just wish the human parts were a little more interesting. So, yeah. And then Joe Lewis shows up. <laughs> <laughs> I miss Suitmation a little bit. Oh, no. I do. I like. There's a I, charm to it. Admit it. There's a charm to it. There is a charm to it. And yeah. I think this movie, you know, the CGI is great. The tone just didn't feel right. And I part of me was like. This would feel better if it were two guys in mm-hmm. big suits duking it out right now. But, yeah. Who knows? Maybe someone will make a D-make of it. Yeah, they'll, please. Oh they'll sweet it. We'll just, yeah. <laughs> that'll be the, we'll do that version at some point if we ever if we ever come across it. Or we'll do it ourselves. Yes. We'll put up a Kickstarter. We'll sweet our thinking. own suitmation version of Godzilla versus <laughs> Kong. But is there anything else anybody wants to bring up or go over before we kind of wrap things up? I think, I think I covered all the bases for me. Cool. All right, well, that'll do it then for this week's episode of Fine, I'll Watch It. Remember, you can find every episode of Fine, I'll Watch It every Thursday morning on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. Uh, You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pod. So let us know what you thought of Godzilla vs. Kong. Where does this rank for you in the new Warner Brothers monster universe? Uh, does this compare at all to the previous iterations of King Kong versus Godzilla? Let us know on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. Uh, Zach, I want to thank you once again for joining us. I know that we will we have plans to bring you back for some other films later on. Uh, hopefully, once we're all able to get together in the same space to watch movies again. Uh, but thank you so much for for participating in all of March Monster Movie Madness. Yes, sir. Uh, we appreciate it. Really uh, but, enjoyed it. Good, I'm glad. So we'll we'll talk to you again soon. Uh, but once again, for fine, I'll watch it. My name is Adam. I'm Bridget. And I'm Johnny. And thanks so much for listening.